me, chapter number 14. I've, I've wrestled back and forth this week with this, and I, I really feel like this is where God wants us to be this morning. Deuteronomy chapter number 14. Been looking at Deuteronomy some, and uh, that's all right. Wherever God have us to be, that's where I want to be. And you find your place there in Deuteronomy chapter 14. If you would please stand out of reverence, out of respect to God's Word. If you're here visiting with us this morning, it's good to have you. Amen. You come back. We'll have service at 7.30 on Wednesday night. And uh, been digging in the book of Acts. It is good to have you. If you're here and you're a member, it's good to have you too. If you're here getting ready to be a member, it's good to have you too. Amen. Uh, by the way, before I get started in this, we'll have a baptizing next Sunday. And I, I think it's going to work out for everybody. It's what we're going to shoot for. So Sunday at 10 o'clock, uh, we'll have a baptizing and come back in and have preaching. Amen. If that's the Lord's will. That's what we'll do. And I, I know Brandon and uh, Brandon. I know Alan and Brandy and Allie won't be here. And I'm not going to let them go to Georgia. I'm going to keep them here. Amen. I'm going to tie them up so they can't go. But uh, that's what we're planning on doing next week. Amen. All right. You found your place. Say amen. 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 Deuteronomy chapter number 14. Verse number 1. Verse number 2. The Bible said this. Ye are the children of the Lord, your God. Ye shall not cut yourselves, nor make any baldness between your eyes for the dead. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto Himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Let's read verse number 2 one more time. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto Himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Let's pray. Your Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we thank you, God, so much, Lord, for this privilege, this opportunity. God, just to be in your house this morning. Father God, we just pray that you just have your will, have your way be done this morning. God, we pray, Father, to give us exactly what's needed, God, from the Word of God. And Father God, we pray that if there's one lost in our midst this morning, God, that you'd save their soul before it's everlasting and eternally too late. Father God, we love you, we thank you, and Father God, just touch as we try and stay. And bring honor to your name. Father, help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I'm going to preach this morning on this thought, a peculiar people. A peculiar people. Well, peculiar doesn't mean that you're queer. Amen. Uh, peculiar this morning don't mean that you fold your arms up and, and get mad and everything else. That's not what peculiar means. And we'll look at that here in just a minute. But I just want to say this this morning. I know we've been looking at the book of Deuteronomy some on Sundays. And I told you that if God gives me something, I'm going to give you something. Amen. But anyway, the last time that I got to preach out of the book of Deuteronomy, I got to preach on that thing called worship. Amen. And I'm just glad to be able to say this morning that if you're saved and if you're born again, if you're washed in the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, then I'm glad that we can worship our God and our Savior this morning. Friend, you and I are living in a day and time where mankind wants us to worship Him. They want you to bow down and they want you to worship them. They want you to believe everything that they put on the television set. They want you to do what uh, uh, what they 
They want you to do what it is that they want you to do. They want you to bow down and say, okay, well, friend, I'm telling you there's a God in heaven this morning that wants His people to bow down and say, God, whatever you say, not what man says. Hey, it's time to worship Him, is it not? Amen. But while I'm on this topic for a moment, I want to say this morning that God sure has been good to us in America this morning, has He not? I mean, friend, we're blessed. It's God this morning that created the whole entire world. Hey, we got down there on the river yesterday, and I got to go to it with some family, and it's a blessing, except the sun that got all over my face. Amen. But I'm telling you, what a blessing that it is to get out and just enjoy what God's made. I mean, friend, we can look at the rivers, the hills. We can look at the beautiful mountains here in Tennessee. And we can say this morning without a shadow of a doubt that God has been good. Amen. It's over in the book of Genesis there that we know that God created the heaven and God created the earth. But the thing that amazes me most this morning is that God created all this stuff before He put man here. Now, God knows everything. He's a know-it-all. Amen. And it amazes me this morning just to know that God created all that, knew that we had to have it to survive, and then put man here. We couldn't live without the stuff there. And He knew that. But you know what else this morning? I also see this. It was never God's will for mankind to die. You ever thought about that? Well, God put Adam and Eve over there in that garden. It was never in His intent for them to die. Amen. The Bible says, Romans chapter 5, verse number 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We are all sinners this morning, but as I said a moment ago, it was never God's intention for you and me to die. Friend, I'm telling you, Adam and Eve, they ate from the fruit of the tree, and ever since that day, man has died. Amen. So that's what God done here this morning. But as I said a moment ago, it's never His intention for us to die. Adam's so sad. But I'm glad there's another Adam in the Word of God. And His name's Jesus Christ. And friend, He died so that we could be brought in. That's what God this morning had done for the children of Israel over the land of Egypt, friend. God wanted to bring them out. Hey, I'm telling you this morning, I'm glad that God brought you and I that are saved down from what we used to be. You say, preacher, I've got trouble. You say, preacher, I've got problems. I'm telling you this morning, we've all had some problems. We've all had some troubles. We've all had sin in our life. But I'm glad that the second Adam came and he died so that we could get out of problems. Amen. Hallelujah, friend. I come bearing good news this morning, not bad news. Amen. It was the first Adam that caused the death of man. That second Adam, friend, his name's Jesus Christ. That first Adam brought death, but the second Adam brought life. Hey, friend, Jesus, that second Adam went to the cross of Calvary for you and for me and for our sin. Then that second Adam this morning died so that we can live. I stand before you alive and moving. But there's something on the inside that's more alive than I am. His name's the Holy Ghost of God. Thank God that the second Adam died so we can have Him. We're sealed by that Spirit. Hey, unto the day of redemption. You know what that means? I'm going to be alive forevermore. Amen. If you're safe this morning, hey, you know, death.
ain't you. But I'm glad death ain't the only sign. I'm telling you this whole boy this morning, if I died that day, I'd have lived forever in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, what a day, friend. And you're saved and born again. That second Adam died so that you could live. Jesus done all that so we could live for a little while. Not for a little while. But so we could live with Him forever. And ever. And ever. And ever. Alright. I'm going to get off back on track. Let's look at the context here. So it just so happens that in this chapter, even though this chapter now was written to the Jews, we know that, okay, there's still yet many things that apply to our hearts and our lives as well as believers in Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen, we are God's peculiar people as well this morning, are we not? Not only was Israel God's peculiar people, you and I that are saved are God's peculiar people too. Well, your Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, but ye, are a, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who had called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God. Hallelujah. We one time wasn't a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hey, the last time I got to preach out of the book of Deuteronomy, as I said earlier, I preached on worship. And oh, how do I worship? Oh, how we ought to praise for all that He's done for us. Hey, God's been good to us. Praise His name. Amen. God's been good, has He not? Hey, you're, you're alive this morning. You're well, ain't you? Well fed. Amen. God's been good. I'm telling you, not only are we fed with uh, physical food, but God's left us a word behind to feed our soul and that spirit. Hey, ain't God been good? Preacher, if you're, hey, uh, preacher, I'm saved. You're saved. I'm telling you, God's been good. And I'm telling you this, He ain't done yet. One day we're going to get up there and there's going to be a table spread. Hallelujah, friend. Not only am I going to eat down here, brother David, I'm going to eat there too. Hallelujah. I, hey, what a day. What a day. God's been good, has He not? Friend, listen, you'll also see this morning this chapter. What the children of Israel were to do. Now God been good to Israel. But there's also some things here that they were to do. And some things they were not to do. Bible says verses 1 and 2. You are the children of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourself nor make any baldness between your eyes for the dead. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord had chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself. Above all nations that are upon the earth. Now what these heathen people do in these days here is we see they cut themselves there and we see that this morning we're not to harm this body. This body's God's. The day you got saved, your body don't want it, didn't want you in hell, especially after you get saved, this body's Lord's. I, I can say a whole lot. I got a whole lot farther to go, so I'm not going to say it. We were created in the image of God. So why would we harm our body this morning. Why would we do that? Anyhow, listen, we see that's what the pagans in the land were doing those days when we see that God's people wasn't to do those things. Now, as you get down in the chapter, that's where you see God is going to create their diet plan. How many of you like to go on a diet? 
And the Bible said this in verses 3 through 6. Listen to this. Thou shalt not eat any abominable thing. These are the beasts which ye shall eat. The Bible said the ox and the sheep and the goat. The hart and the roebuck and the fallow, and the fallow deer and the wild goat and the pygarg and the wild ox with the, and the camoas. And every beast that parteth the hoof and cleaveth into the cleft and cleaveth the cleft into, the, into two claws and cheweth the cut among the beasts that shall ye eat. So those were the clean animals this morning in which the children of Israel there, they could eat. So we see this morning that every beast that parted the hood could be eaten in those days. All right, I'm going somewhere, just hold on. And we see that every animal that cheweth the cud could be eaten there as well. Now we notice this morning that all this was for the children of Israel. Okay, we know that you and I, we can eat pretty much whatever we want, Brother David. Amen. Brother Jamar, Brother West, we like to eat, don't we, fellas? But you know what? We can eat whatever we want. As long as we ask God's blessing upon that before we eat. Amen. 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 And I'm thankful for that. And you know what? Just like we can eat, there's a lot of folks that want to put folks underneath the law. Well, I'm under grace this morning, ain't you? I'm not under the law. Hallelujah for that. But friend, listen, I'm glad we can eat bacon. I'll preach in a minute. I'm going to have a little fun. God's been good. Let us eat bacon, gravy and biscuits, fried taters. Hey, big old juicy steak. David's buying and see him after church. Listen, we can eat all that this morning. But not only does God tell them this, He tells them what they can eat the water as well. The Bible said, verses 9 through 10, These ye shall eat of all that are in the waters. All that have fins and scales shall ye eat. And whatsoever hath not fins and scales, you may not eat. It is unclean to you. Now, if they were going to eat animal, animals of the water, it had to have scales. I mean, that's what the Word of God said. But after this, here's a list of all the clean birds they can eat. The Bible said, verse 11 through 12, all the clean birds he shall eat. But these are they of which he shall not eat. The eagle and the ossifrage and the osprey. So we see they couldn't eat those birds there. Then we see what they could eat as well. When we see a change here, Come through in our text. Look here. Because through the mouth of Moses, now God begins to deal with their tithes. Now listen to the Bible say, thou shalt, in verses 22 and 23, Thou shalt surely tithe all the increase of thy seed, that the field bringeth forth year by year. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of thy corn, of thy wine, and of thine oil, and the firstlings of thy herd and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. So it is here that we see God had promised here to bless His people if His people would serve Him. Amen. Uh, but out of that blessing this morning, we see that they were to bring in 10% of what God had blessed them with. And when they brought it in, they would eat that there before the Lord. Now, when dealing with the tithe here in this chapter, the Bible says in verses 24 and 26, don't get all nervous on me and I hit on tithe, okay? But listen, the Bible said, if the way be too long for thee, so that thou art all able to carry it, or of the place be too far for thee, which the Lord thy God shall choose to set his name there, when the Lord thy God had blessed thee, saying, if it's too far for you to carry that animal to me or those fruit to me, the Bible said, then shalt thou turn it into money and bind up the money in thine hand and shalt go into the place where the Lord thy God shall choose. 
And thou shalt bestow that money for whatsoever thy soul lusteth at, or for oxen, or for sheep, or for wine, or for strong drink, or for whatever, whatsoever thy soul desireth. And thou shalt eat there before the Lord thy God and shalt rejoice down thine household. So what happened here was if people lived too far from the temple in those days, to bring the tenth of their land that their land had blessed them with, then they'd bring that, they could turn that tenth into money, they could bring it into the uh, temple there. Alright, but that's what chapter 14 deals with. Alright, it deals with all that. And that's not the only chapter we're going to be in this morning. That's all I'm going to give you the context of. But listen, it says I try and give you this all. I've got these verses in my mind. Bible said, ye are the children, verses one and two, ye are the children of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves, nor make any baldness between your eyes for the dead. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. And the Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Friend, I want to try and preach on this thought this morning. A peculiar people. And before I do, what, what does peculiar mean? I had to look it up. And God dealt with me on this thought. The rest of the week. That word peculiar means appropriate. Belonging to a person and to him only. A peculiar people. Thank God I belong to the Lord this morning. Ain't you glad? I'm his. I'm not my own. A peculiar people. Peculiar means belonging to a person and to Him only. Hey, I'm glad that if you're saved and born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, you belong to the Lord. Amen. Don't look at me like that, like I got four heads. It's a good thing to belong to the Lord. Amen. Listen, number one this morning, I'll preach on this. I see a holy people. Number two, I see a trusting people. And number three, I see a celebrating people. Amen. Let's get started here and let's look at number one, we're to be a holy people. Well, the Bible said in verse number two, for thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Bible did not say that you might are. The Bible didn't say that you might be. The Bible said thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. Now we know that God chose the nation of Israel to be His people. Amen. But as I said, we know this is dealing with the children of Israel. And before I get started, I want to say that Israel has always been the apple of God's eye. And Israel always will be the apple of God's eye. But I'm glad this morning that you're saved and born again. We can rejoice in some of the promises and some of the things that God has said about Israel. Because we're God's children too. Amen. Listen. I'm also glad to be able to say that Israel now, ever since they rejected God, is not the only apple of His eye. But you and I that are saved are also the apple of God's eye too. Hallelujah. Now we're not Israel. We're the church. There's a difference. But I'm glad one of these days He's going to call the other apple out of His eye out of here. Brother David read the scripture this morning and they told me to let y'all know she had to go home, she had a headache. But he read the scripture this morning and I'm telling you, friend, I'm glad that one of these days Christ is going to take us out of here. Hallelujah, friend. He's coming to get the bride. Hey, what a glorious day that it's going to be. But not only is that a great day, but the day and hour in which we live is also a great day. Friend, I'm telling you this morning, God's still good in 2021. Hey, He's not only good in the end, but He's good now. And we're to be a holy people. And you know what? This morning, don't you get lifted up and proud of me. I'm not being proud. 
You're saved. You're holy. You've been made that way. Something happened when you got saved that made you holy. Under the Lord. Hey, friend, it's great to be a child of the King of the Capital K, is it not? But the very thing this morning that we must not take for granted is that God said that we're to be a holy people. That is a privilege this morning that you and I have by the grace of God. We don't deserve it. We couldn't earn it. But, friend, it's a privilege that you and I have by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, I'm glad that Christ earned the privilege for you and for me this morning on Calvary. I'm glad He became the sacrifice so that we we can be saved and become holy before Christ. Holy God. Hey, God imputed that righteousness unto you and me this morning, the day that we got saved. And even though we didn't deserve it, Christ by His grace done it in hell. You know what I deserve? I deserve being held my back rope this morning. But I'm glad Christ had other plans. Hey, Adam sold us out. But the second Adam brought us in. Ain't you glad? Thank God He took our sin. Washed all our sin away. You know what? We're living in a vain time where the devil has fought people and fought people and fought people and fought people and they don't even know we're saved or Listen to me. Heard a man preach this and I'm going to go ahead and rob it from him because I like it. And God's going to let me. Don't you understand something? That's your salvation. The devil will creep in and say, well, you didn't do this right. You didn't say this right. Well, you know what that is? That's putting confidence in you. Our confidence this morning is in Him. See, it ain't about what you do. It's about what He done on the cross of Calvary. It's about what Christ done for you when He paid your sin debt. And if you've come and you've believed and you've you've repented, you know what that word means? Repent. It means taking your confidence out of something else and placing something else. So the day that you repented, you placed, you took your confidence away from you. And you put your confidence in Jesus Christ. Change your mind about sin. Hallelujah, friend. That's one of the greatest privileges that we have is to be a holy people. The Bible said, Thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord Israel, is my son firstborn. You know Pharaoh messed with Israel. And that's when the killing of the firstborn, the nation of Israel, the Passover there took place. But instead of killing his children on the Passover day, God said them taken to them a lamb and slay the lamb. Put the blood on the doorposts. I'll preach that in a minute. So listen, ain't it great to be a part of God's peculiar people? We've been made holy through the blood of the Lamb of God. Say, preacher, I'm not holy. Not our flesh. Our flesh is dirty and nasty and rotten. But if you're saved, there's some holy in you. The Bible said this in 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without spot and blemish, without blemish and without spot. Hey, it's because of that blood this morning that you and I that are saved as God's church will one day be presented holy and blameless before Christ and a holy God. I'm telling you this morning, I don't come very back. Presented before God if you're saved and you're going to be blameless and that's Oh, say, preacher, I'm not much down here. Mm-mm. But one day up there, 
Oh, friend, listen, the Bible said Ephesians 5, 24 through 27. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let their wives be their own husbands and everything. Don't worry, I'm preaching on that. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it, that He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present it to Himself, a glorious church, hey, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. I'm glad this morning that we've been made holy through the blood of Jesus. Amen. Hey! Preacher, I ain't feel... Too good for a coming here. I'm starting to feel good now. You know what the gospel will do? It'll help you. It'll help you. I'm glad not only are we holy people, I'm glad we're separated people. Aren't you? I mean, friend, I know I preach rough on separation sometimes. I'm not going to this morning. God's not going to let me. Ain't you glad God's good sometimes, ain't you? Listen, that's exactly what holy means. It means separated. It means marked off from the world. It means that we're a different people this morning. If you're Satan and born again, there's no doubt in my mind that Jesus Christ has made a change in you. You say, preacher, I ain't never had a change. Then I check up on what I got because he'll change you. Look at old Paul persecuting Christians, killing them. And then he got saved. And man, I wanted to preach the gospel of Christ. Hey, I'm telling you this morning, there'll be a change take place. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, verses 16 and 17. And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. What God's done for us, He's made us holy through that blood, and He's separated us from the world. Friend, you say, preacher, don't preach on separation. We're to be a separated people from me. But I'm glad this morning that God, as we look out on the world, what are they doing? They're killing babies. God separated us. Now listen, I'm not being prideful, folks. I'm not being arrogant. I'm not being hateful either. That's wrong. And God separated us. And you know what else? They were, some of them was probably at the bar last night. If you were, you need to be alive. God separated us from that. God separated us. You know what that means? We ain't like them. You ain't supposed to be. Hey man, you ain't supposed to be. We're peculiar people. That word holy comes from the old English word, meaning to be whole and to be healthy. And then he also said what wealth and wholeness are. John Philip said that. And he said what wealth and wholeness are to the body. It, holiness is to the inner person. God has set you and me apart from the world today. Hey friend, he didn't save us and make us holy so that we can go back to what we used to be. He saved us and made us holy so we could live for Him. The Bible said in Romans 12 and 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We're here to prove what is good. The only thing good in the world right now is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, it's the gospel this morning that will change lives. It's the gospel this morning that will save souls. It's the gospel this morning hey, that you can take out there to a lost and dying world and give them Oh, Christianity is a religion. I use that word 
religion like this that will give folks hope. Hope. Have you got hope? I'm glad that I'm separated from the world, ain't you? Hey, friend, I wouldn't want to live like the world because God saved my soul. But you know what? He took us out of the world. As we look upon them, we say, man, it's wicked. Don't you understand something? We could have been right there with those folks. But God, by His grace, took us out of the world. said, I want you to be my peculiar people. said, I want you to be my holy people. And He made us holy through the blood of the Lamb. You know, it's sad to see in our day the people that call themselves Christians and cuss like the world, dress like the world, do the things of the world. Listen, maybe you're here this morning and say, Preacher, I've done that. I have too. But you know what? This morning, after you leave those doors, you ain't got to do it no more. Hey, you ain't got to. Well, listen, friend, it was the nation of Israel that was to be God's holy people. And as we dealt with the context of the Scripture here earlier, we see they were to be different by the things they ate, what they did not eat. They were to be different. Amen. But you and I can eat about whatever it is that you want because we're living under grace. And like one preacher told me, he told me we don't have the right to live however that we want to. But I'm glad as well that with salvation, we've got a lot of liberties as well. We've got liberties this morning. The Bible said in Mark chapter 7, verses 14 through 23, And when he had called all the people unto him, he said to them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand. There's nothing from without a man that entering into him can defile a man. This is dealing with meats, by the way. Let me just say that. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entered in the house from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. The Bible said, He saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the drought, perching all meats. And he said, That which cometh out of the man defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, and wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians 10 and 31, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of the Lord. I'm telling you this morning, going to bar on Saturday night, don't bring honor and glory to God's name. Amen. I don't know why I said that, but it did. Anything that brings honor and glory to His name, you know what we ought to do? I seen this brother back here wearing one of the bracelets that the kids used to make in Bible school. WW at JD. Oh, that stands for what would Jesus do? That's what we ought to ask ourselves every day. Is this bring something that is this something that bring honor and glory on his name? Listen, he's called us to be a holy people. I know I said this earlier, I'll say it again. Jesus didn't save us to look like the world. Jesus saved us so that we point folks to Christ. He saved us so that we would look like Him. And I'm glad, hallelujah, one day up in heaven, we're going to be like Him. We're going to look like Him. Thank God. What a day. What a day. Well, we're to be a holy people, are we not? How many of you remember? How many of you have been made holy this morning? You saved? Are you saved? Amen. Listen, he don't see the sin anymore. Go on. Then we'll spring up your past. 
Well, we to be a holy people. We're to be a trusting people. Well, look, the Bible said in verses 22 and 23. Now shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed, that the field bringeth forth year by year. Now shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of thy corn, of thy wine, and of thine oil, and the firstlings of thy herds, and of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. Friend, we're to be a trusting people. And I know I hit on this last week. The Lord help me, I'm going to do it again. Sometimes we don't get it with one time. May I say to you, a tithing people is a trusting people. Most of you tithe, amen. I know that. That's why I can preach on it like this. But I know I said something about it, but if you were to go back up in Deuteronomy chapter number 12, you'd see the people bring 10% of their produce to God as an act of wonders and an expression of their gratitude this morning for all that God had given them. That's why we tithe in our day, is it not? I mean, God's blessed us with jobs. God's blessed us with all these things. He's put food on our table, clothes on our back. So our tithes and offerings this morning just to say, Lord, thank you for all that you've done for me. But now I'm going somewhere with all this. But not only does it show that, it shows that we are trusting God to supply our everything. We'll say, God, here's our tithe. Here's our, our offering for what you've done, my God. Our tithe. And God, we're putting this in here trusting you that you're going to bless it and that you're going to help. Now that ain't my tithe. You tithe because you say, God, here it is. Thank you for blessing me. It's thank you, Lord, not all me, Lord. It's thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. All right? And then the rest of that, we're saying, okay, Lord, trusting you. Trusting you, stepping out on faith. So the people of Israel were to be generous with their tithes and offerings because it was God who had been generous to them. Hey, God's been generous to you and me this morning. The people of Israel bought on to God a tithe and they brought that tithe, but they brought another tithe. Now, if we tithe like they did, we bring in more tithes. But listen, every third year in those days, the people were to give that second tithe. Okay, that tithe would remain in their own town to help the people in need. All right, so it showed the children of Israel that if they took concern for other people's need, God showed concern for their need. All right, anyhow, there was a time in which the Lord was wanting me and Amy to tithe. Now, I'm just going to say this. And we sit there and we blow up on God. We bull up. We just ain't got saved. And we bull up. Brother Field say tithe. And we go, I can't believe he's preaching on that. You know what happened? We wouldn't tithe. All right, God, here's five. I guess all you give us is enough to give you five. That's not right. But I want to tell you, I want to tell you what God does. Every single time we didn't tithe, our car messed up. Our car tear up. Something around the house would break. And we'd have to end up giving God what was his. And I guarantee you, the money we paid those people with probably went to a tithe. God's going to give what He is. You might as well just go ahead and tithe. But you know what? It shows that you trust in God. For in the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, but this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. Is that not what God said? As children on our day, you and I get to enjoy God's mercy, God's grace. You and me this morning ought to do far more than the Jews did under the Mosaic law. We ought to give this morning with grateful portions and grateful hearts. Amen. And we ought to just bless his name for being good to us. But 10% ain't much. Well, really, we ought to give him so much more. And you know what? You say, preacher, I've got no problem with time. He won't that. Get, get 
pas en fumant. Et mon Dieu. Et mon Dieu. He's give you everything. And really what he wants is you. You. It's the giving Christian that's the trusting Christian. We gave my heart, didn't we? Lord, I trust you in my soul. Give you my heart. I give you my life. God, I trust you in everything else. But God, I can't give you this. We'll get something in our life and we'll say, God, there's no way you have this right here. You know what we all do? Let's go ahead and give it to Him. Give it to Him. Trust Him with it. Hey, listen to me. God can be trusted. He can be trusted. I didn't understand this. My mom, I had a sister that's stillborn. She's been older than me. I don't understand. Do I still understand? No. But we went to the man's church where the graveyard is where my sister was buried. God is using my sister. And she's not alive. The preacher stood and he said this. Let's take a stroll through the graveyard. And all I can do is say thank you. Lord, you understand he said, all those people over there ain't old. Some of them's really young. Some of them didn't live a day. And he said, you know what? You never know when your day is. God's using my little sister. That's still more. I don't understand that. God's right what he done. Hey, we had a couple miscarriages. Didn't understand that. But you know what? Now my wife will talk to somebody else that's having miscarriage and they'll come up and she's got to witness more because God let her go through that. I don't understand that. I'm telling you, Frank, we trust God. He's right in everything that He does. He's right. You know what, friend? Hey, listen to me. If you think it takes a great deal of faith to tithe, listen to what these old boys had to do. Uh, God says, uh, listen, Malachi 3 and 10, first of all, says, bring ye the tithes into the storehouse. There may be meat in my house and prove me now here with, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you uh, the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. God says, just prove me. I ain't dealing with money. He says, prove me. Trust Him. Trust Him. You say, preacher, that's hard going through a valley. Yeah, it is. He knows what's right. He knows. Hey, listen, we can trust Him with our pocketbook. We can trust Him through the storm. We can trust Him through everything in this life because we've got to understand that God is right in everything that He does. Just trust Him. Trust Him. We ought to trust Him with everything. The one who takes, thinks it takes great faith to tithe would really have thought in chapter 15 that it took great faith. Listen to this. God told the children of Israel that every seventh year was to be a Sabbath year unto the Lord. The Bible said in Deuteronomy 15 verses 1 and 2, At the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. And this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth all unto his neighbor shall release it. He shall not exact it of his neighbor or of his brother because it's called the Lord's release. Now on this seventh year, you get a hold of this. The children of Israel wouldn't work that whole year. That whole year, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do nothing. They couldn't cultivate the land. They couldn't plow. So what they have to do? They have to trust. One of the hardest things that we'll ever do in this Christian life is trust God. They had to trust God to bring in the land. They even had to release all the debts. 
So the, the rich people, there they, they can't get their debts rolling in. Boy, they have the world mad, wouldn't they? They had to trust. They had to trust. Now, them foreigners, they could pay them. But the Jews themselves, they couldn't take from their neighbor. They couldn't charge other Jews. They had to collect interest from the foreigners. So listen to me. If they could trust God to raise up their crops in a year they had to use cultivated land, don't you think we can trust it? He's God. He's God. I trust in people. Boy, are we not to trust Him. I know that's easy preaching, hard living. We're to trust Him. Number three, here's my, here's my favorite one. We're to be a celebrating people. Thank God. The Bible said this, uh, in Deuteronomy 15, verses 19 and 20. Look at this. All the firstly males that come to thy herd and of thy flock, thou shalt sanctify unto the Lord thy God. Thou shalt do no work with the firstling of thy flock, nor shear the firstling of the sheep. Thou shalt eat it before the Lord thy God year by year. In the place which the Lord shall choose down thy household, thou and thy, thou and thy household. We ought to be celebrating all Him for all He's done for us. Here in Deuteronomy chapter 15 and chapter 16, if you were to read all that, the Lord had given Israel a calendar. Why? To help them remember all that God had done for them. Hey, all that God had been good to them, all the times they were setting up and they were to remember that. Well, not only does this calendar belong to the Jews, I believe that you and me could have a calendar in front of us and mark off days that God's been good to us. Yesterday, God was good to you. Let you live today. You check that one off. Listen, why is it a calendar? Listen to this. This calendar belongs to believers in Christ Jesus as well. As Jewish people followed the calendar year by year, they had plenty to celebrate God for because of all the mercies that the Lord had shown them. As you and I look at the calendar and at the feast here, it ought to make you and I want to celebrate for all the Lord's done for us. Hey, the first thing that you, the first thing you'd find on this calendar is that you find a feast. Now that feast is known as the Feast of Trumpets. Alright, they'd have a feast on the first day of the seventh month, which would be our September through our October, uh, through our October, I can't talk this morning, but it's on the religious calendar for those Jews, which begins the Passover. Alright, the 14th day of the first month, which would be our March and our April. The week that followed that was called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Alright, you would have to have the, you would have the feast there. Then on the following Sabbath day after the Passover, which would be on a Sunday, uh, that's when the priest would wave the first sheaves there. Uh, barley harvest, he'd wave the sheep before the Lord. And that is known as the Feast of First Fruits. Now I'm going somewhere. Jewish history lets us know. Fifty days after that, they'd celebrate Pentecost. That's a feast. And after that feast, they'd celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Alright, now get a hold of this. And all this... Moses puts emphasis on about three of these special occasions in the Word of God here. And he does that because every male that was a Jew had to celebrate this and that day. Alright, they had to celebrate it every year. Now don't you get a hold of something? The very first feast Moses puts emphasis on is the Passover feast. They celebrate because the Passover feast and the unleavened bread, the first two. You'd find those feasts down in Deuteronomy chapter 15. In verses 19 through 23, 
You find the feast of unleavened bread in Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verses 1 through 3. And friend, it is at that Passover feast that the children of Israel remember when God had taught them to kill a lamb there so that the death angel would pass over them. That's the day that Israel gained independence from a land called Egypt. And we see that they were not to sit around and pound. We see that they were to celebrate. Hey friend, you and I that are saved and born again can celebrate because of a lamb that's morning that was slain for us from the foundation of the world. His name is Jesus Christ. Hey, our flesh may die one of these days or go by way of the rapture, but I'm telling you, because of our land that was slain, we've got a soul that will never die. Hey, the dead angel may come your way one day, but you know what? You've got a soul that will never die. I'm telling you, friend, this morning, hey, thank God for the Passover lamb. So we see that while some were getting ready to celebrate the Passover here, our Passover was to be hung on a tree. They were celebrating Passover when Christ died for you and for me. There's a bunch of lambs slain that couldn't take away the sin of the world. But they got a lamb hung on a cross. They could take all the sin of the world away. Hallelujah. We ought to celebrate. They called June Gay Pride Month. Let me tell you something. It's Christian Pride. And I'm not saying let's not get prideful. But listen, lady. There's a lamb hung for you. Died and bled on the old rugged cross so that we could live. Death ain't my home. Hell ain't my home. The grave ain't my home. Hey, friend, if it's not yours, why don't you celebrate? We that are saved are promised a home up in heaven because of the lamb. That was slain for you and me. You and I have a feast every Sunday. They had to eat the lamb. We're getting to eat this morning. Hey, hallelujah, friend. That Passover was celebrated. And you know what? They were my kind of people because they always ate. All the time. Listen, lambs would have to be sacrificed many times. But I'm glad that Jesus Christ died one time. To take away the sin of the world. Hey friend, guess what? The work has been paid in full. The work was done by the precious blood of the Lamb. See, they had to take that Lamb and from the blood and apply it to the doorpost. And if you look at that, that makes a cross. But friend, I'm telling you this morning, I'm glad for our Lamb. The Bible said in Hebrews 10 verses 1 through 3, For the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not, for not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers there unto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? Those lambs could have made them perfect. The work would have been done. Thank God the Bible said this. Hebrews 10, 6 through 10. And burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not. Neither had his pleasure therein which are offered by law. Then said he, Lo, I come in the volume, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Are you glad the Lamb died for you? You say yes. Yeah. Celebrate! Hey, he's done something good for you. Died for you on the old rugged cross. Become the sacrifice.
for your sin. You got your rottenness and your dirtiness and your filthiness under the blood. Celebrate His name. Hallelujah, friend. Listen to this. There was that Passover feast. Then there's a feast of unleavened bread. Said the feast lasted a week. It's also said that during that time, no yeast was allowed in any Jewish home. No yeast at all. Why? That yeast was made by leaven, is it not? Leaven in the Word of God is a type of sin. So I'm glad that because Jesus Christ became our Passover lamb. But sin's gone. Hey, we can celebrate. Can we not? Hey, when our sin's gone, every bit, it's right in the Word of God we see leaven represents also the sins of the old life. When the devil comes creeping up on you, tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. The sin is gone. My past is good as never happened. And I am moving on for Christ. Hey, celebrate. Celebrate. He's changed our life. Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians compares the life of the local church to keeping that feast of the Passover lamb. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7 through 8, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened, for even Christ our Passover sacrifice for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Literally today, we don't keep the feast. Feast is already done. Thank God. We see not only has our sin debt been paid in full, not only Jesus washed away our sin, I'm glad, friend, we ain't keeping ourselves. Let me tell you, the next time you're hard on yourself, we as God's people is harder on ourselves than God is, I thank you. Next time you're hard on yourself, you say, God, I'm living not for myself, living for you. You know, we're hard on ourselves sometimes. <coughs> Listen here, we ain't keeping ourselves. But like the children of Israel, the Jews partook of the feast in the Word of God, and you'd see that they took that feast as families, that Passover feast as families. You know what we're doing this morning, the family of God, is partaking of the feast. Open up the Word of God. Let it speak to our hearts. Friend, what a feast. What a feast. So just like the children of Israel, we must remember we were once slaves to sin, but not no more. There were those feasts, and there's the Feast of Pentecost. Now that word Pentecost this morning means 50th. Alright, the feast was celebrated 50 days after the Feast of the First Fruits, which means it also occurred on the first day of the week as well. It's that feast for the Jews that was a time of celebrating the wheat harvest. But friend, for you and me that are saved and born again, it's that time... Of the Holy Spirit, you and I are celebrating this morning. That means that God this morning has not left you and I alone through everything that we may face, through everything that we may go through. That day at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit come down. Jesus said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee in the trials. You know what we can do? We can celebrate and say, God, I want to thank you because I'm going through a hard time. But you said, you never leave me nor forsake me because you sit the Spirit of God to comfort me. Celebrate. We have somebody with us to share the heavy load. Every single way. Thank God. Are you celebrating today? 
Or are you sitting there pouting when you could be a shout? When's the last time that you've let joy bubble up in your soul? And say, God, I just want to thank you for all that you've done for me. When's the last time you just said, Lord, you've been so good to me. I just want to praise your holy name. See, we don't deserve a bit of that. We deserve hell. But Christ gave us all this stuff. And friend, I tell you what, it's ate me alive this week just to know that people's happier about sin than we are about being saved. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you just thanked Him? When's the last time it's bubbled out and you said, Lord, thank you for all that you've done for me. Made you holy. Gave us something to trust. We can trust Him. Gave us something to celebrate. Celebrate. Celebrate Him. I know the 4th of July is coming up. There'll be some celebrating going on. But when's the last time you celebrated what Christ done for you? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. That's the gist of the message God's given me this morning. Part of celebrating is showing up on Sunday, seeing what the Lord's got for you. But when's the last time you just got in there and said, God, you've done so much for me. You say, preacher, God's been good to me. But I ain't been so good to Him. Listen, if that's you this morning, why don't you come to this altar? Why don't you come and say, God, I want to do better for you starting right now, starting this second. God, you've been so good to me. Would you come to this altar this morning? God, I ain't been too good to you. I want to do better. I want to do better for you this morning. Would you come? God, I want to do better for you. We can always do better for the Lord, friend. Always. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, preacher, I'm going through a trial right now. And this is hard, I know, but maybe you'd like to say, I'm going to trust Him. I'm going to trust Him through that trial. You know what you can do this morning? You can bring that trial to this altar and you can say, God, I'm going to leave it in Your hands. I'm going to trust You with it and I'm not going to take it back outside the door of me. I'm not going to worry about it. Would you come? Say, God, I want to trust You in this trial this morning. We're to be a holy people. We're to be a trusted people. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Preacher, I can remember when the Lord saved me on that day like this right here. You become a holy people, a peculiar people unto the Lord. He loves you. Would you come and thank Him this morning? Hey, would you come? That's when you become a people of God. Maybe you just want to come and thank Him. Celebrate Him. Celebrate Him. We're to be all those things, but we ought to be a celebrating people as well. I just want to ask you this. When's the last time that you've just rejoiced in what God's done for you? When's the last time you've just said, Lord, I want to thank you. Lord, I want to praise you. You'll have time in a little bit to do that. Maybe you'd like to go ahead and get started now. Thank him on this altar for what he's done. When's the last time you celebrated him what he's done for you? Would you come? Maybe you're here this morning and say, Preacher, I'm lost. I've never been saved. Preacher, I've never been saved. I can't celebrate because I don't really know what it's like to be saved. Would you come this morning and give your heart and life to Christ? It'll be the best thing you've ever done. You won't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven. He'll save you.
Would you come this morning? Anybody need to move? Maybe you're here. You say, preacher, I'm lost, but I can't come right now. But pray for me, preacher. Will there be a hand anywhere? Preacher, pray for me. Bless that hand. Will there be another hand anywhere? Preacher, pray for me. I need your prayers. Never been saved. There'll be another hand anywhere. Anybody need to move? Let's celebrate what he's done for us. He's been good. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. God, we just thank you so much for all your many blessings on our lives. God, I'm thankful that I can celebrate what you've done. God, not what I've done, but Father, what you've done for me. God, I'm so grateful, Father, that you're right. God, I pray that you'd help me to trust you as days go on. Father, I praise your name for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. And God, I pray that you'd be at the remainder of this service. God, I pray that you'd help us as your people. Just rejoice. God, and praise you. Think about it through the week of, God, what you've done for us. God, you've been so good. God, you're always good, and you're going to be good. Father, we love you. We thank you. In God's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Anybody got a word on your heart?